You're listening to Make Some Noise Minisode number 483. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast, another mini-sode. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm just grateful that you're here. I will try to make this short and sweet. And I really went back and forth with making this a mini-sode, but I'm like, why not? (laughs) Why not? I like to be as transparent as possible, but then other times I'm like, Andrea, was that appropriate to tell your podcast audience? Uh, The other thing is that I like to talk to you about ways that I'm making some noise in my life and also how to set boundaries. So this is sort of, this sort of encompasses all three of those things. All right. So uh, before I jump in, if you work at a company that has trainings and events and conferences and things like that, and you're looking for a speaker, I might be your lady. I have some keynotes on confidence. I have a new keynote, actually. It's lessons I learned from roller derby. It's about mental health. It's about confidence and it's about resilience. And yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. I am over there. I think it's like, hey, Andrea Owen, if you type that in and you can find me and we can connect and we can message each other and it'll be fantastic. All right, on with the show. I got a message on Instagram. Someone slid into my DMs. And, you know, if you're familiar with Instagram, you know how you can, you have like your regular inbox. And I don't know if it's like this in all accounts or if it's because I'm a, like a business account, but there's the primary account and there's general account. And then there's like the filtered messages where when people message you, it's kind of like the other folder on Facebook. It goes into this other folder and you have to click on it. I'm not explaining it very well, but you know, it's the people that you're not, that you don't follow. Okay. I guess that's how it works. I don't go in there that often, partly because most of the time it's bots or it's people cold pitching me, they want to sell me something. And and 95% of the time, it's something that I don't even want or need. <laughs> so I don't look in there. And every once in a while, or if it's someone shared my book on their stories, like, of course, I'll open those. But every once in a while, I get a message that's weird, not necessarily unkind, but just odd. And I got one of those about a week ago. So I open it up and this person follows me, but I had this so we had never messaged before. And she doesn't have her name in her profile. The profile name, I'm not gonna say it, but it has something to do with wine. That's all I'm gonna say. And she says, Hi Andrea. I listened to a podcast where you described dreaming about having a drink, but you quit years ago. I used to drink every day. Now I drink occasionally. It's fine. However, I quit eating meat in 2012, and frankly, I will never go back. My comment is, life should be about discipline, not deprivation. And if you want to have a glass of wine once in a blue moon, who cares? I don't dream about eating a steak or a pork chop. 
So don't beat yourself up for a single serving of wine, etc. And she didn't sign it, her name or anything. So my first reaction was, okay, literally my first reaction was, what the actual fuck? And then my second thought was, why did I open this message? And then my third thought was that I'm really fucking pissed off. (laughs) And then my fourth thought was, Andrea, do not respond. Do not respond. Or if you're going to respond, wait a day. And so did I tell you guys that um, I hadn't had a period for like 70, 78 days? So that day I started my period. So guess what I did? Um, Okay, here's a multiple choice. A, do you think I just deleted it? B, do you think that I thought about it and got the advice of a couple of friends and then decided what to do? Or C, do you think I knee-jerk reaction immediately replied? If you guessed the letter C, you are correct. Okay, I'm not going to make this mini-sode super long. Here's what I said. And I want to say this when it comes to responding to strange messages. And this goes, this is my advice, whether you have a platform, a social media platform or not. In other words, like, you know, if if you're well known in your industry or not, I think this is, this is stellar advice. I've always thought to myself, okay, if I respond to someone and they take screenshots of it and share it, would I be mortified with the fact that they shared it and what I said, would I st- or would I stand behind what I typed out to them? That's always what I I think about. Okay, so I said thanks with a question mark <laughs> because I was like, do I am I gonna say thank you? Um, I said I'm a legitimate alcoholic, so I cannot ever have a single serving of wine. You say if you want to have a glass of wine once in a blue moon, who cares? Well, I do very, very much, and so does my family. I'm sure your intention was good with your message. And to be honest, I usually don't reply, but I felt compelled because flippant messages like yours to people in recovery like me are dismissive and hurtful. Take care. Okay, am I super proud of that response? No, I'm not. Was I mean? No. Um, but it could have been better and I probably shouldn't have replied right away. And I, I want to say a couple of things. First, I want to say, I don't recommend replying right away. I I shouldn't have, but I, I felt compelled to, because it sounds like this person legitimately does not understand the difference between what they struggle with and what I struggle with. And one of the things that I've learned over the last handful of years maybe over the last decade, is that, and I've been this way before. This is why I'm sharing Like, I've been guilty of this. Sometimes when we don't experience something, like if we don't experience, if a man doesn't experience sexism um, or if we don't experience ableism or racism or any of these things that that are challenging for some people, sometimes we feel like it doesn't exist. You know, it's like if we can't see it, we don't experience it, we don't ever think about it. So this is many times, I think, why people don't believe other people's stories and experiences. And that's what I feel like was happening with this person. Because she allegedly, I have no idea, doesn't experience the same kind of 
addiction that I do, then to her, it doesn't make any sense. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. With Shopify POS, you can accept credit cards, mobile payments, and every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing, starting on day one. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash noise, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash noise to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash noise. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? I mean, that's what this show is all about, right? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you can do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscribers sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Their courses are so convenient and have helped me learn real-life conversation skills in Spanish. It's so easy to learn how to order food. That's where I get the most excited to use it at Mexican restaurants or ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while on vacation, etc. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash noise. Get 50% off at babbel.com slash noise, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash noise. Rules and restrictions may apply. And the reason, one of the main reasons I wanted to share this is because I think that this is fairly common. And I have been sober for 11 years, and still I get people that say, that are confused, like, can't you just have one drink? Here's what I want to say to that. My longer explanation is this. I absolutely can have one drink. I sure as shit can. And I would be miserable. I would have the one drink just to prove to you and to myself that I can do it. And I mean, that day I might be totally fine, but I would be thinking about having more. And then by having that one drink, I would be like, okay, see, I can just have one drink. And then the next day I might be like, I can have a drink. And then I'm going to have, I'm going to have two because if I can have one, I can have two. It's not that big of a deal. It's about discipline, not, not deprivation, right? As my, my happy DMer said. And then if I'm like at a social gathering or even just having a one-on-one conversation with someone and I decide like, I'm just going to have the one drink 
because I can have just one drink, like a normal drinker, like a normal responsible drinker. I'm going to have the one drink and then I'm going to be constantly thinking about having another drink. I'm not going to be engaged or present in the conversation with this person or people if I'm at a gathering. I'm going to be obsessing on their drink. I'm going to be obsessing on should I have another one? And if I have another one, should I get a bigger glass so I can fill it up more? This is this is the life of someone who struggles with addiction. And I, I think one of the most eye-opening things for me when I was researching, like, do I have a problem with alcohol? It's not the quantity because that's what we want the answer to be. It's like, well, I only have X number of drinks per week. And according to the CDC, actually, Y number is the problem. It's not me. It's it's not it's not really the quantity. It's the mental just the mind fuck that happens. The mental gymnastics that we have to do in order to justify our drinking. It is the life that begins to revolve around the drinking or whatever the addiction is. And for me it was taking like a mental inventory or an actual inventory of the amount of alcohol that I had in the house. And then deciding like tonight I'm only going to have a, you know, I'm only going to have this much. And then I would only have that much. And then it would be like, well, and then you kind of tip over the edge into like being pretty buzzed. And you're like, well, I think it's fine if I just have like, I'm just going to have one more. I'm just going to have one more. And then like the one more is like you fill up the entire wine glass. And then you're like, well, there's only like an inch left in the bottle. So let me just like throw that back. I'm not even going to bother to put it in a glass. And then by that time, like you're pretty buzzed and then maybe your partner wants to have a drink with you or everybody goes to bed and you're like, I'm just going to have one more because everybody's in bed and that's where, you know, then that's when I used to start DMing people and then it was just bad news bears. But at any rate, like that's kind of like one of the points that I wanted to make of, no, we can't. It's not about discipline. If it was about discipline, we would all be okay. (laughs) wouldn't we? And it just like, it's appalling to me too, that somebody would message me and compare, compare my addiction to their preference to not eat meat. Like what? What? (laughs) I mean, that tells me that this person doesn't have any understanding of, of what addiction is, whether they purposely don't want to have any understanding of it, or if they do understand i don't know it doesn't matter but and i and i feel somewhat guilty about using this as an example but i just kept thinking about it and kept thinking about it and i'm like no i do think that there's some people listening who who might learn something from it and also another point that i wanted to make was i think we all need to pause before we insert ourselves in other people's experiences. And Lord knows I have done this so many times. And especially when it comes to race, I have centered myself an embarrassingly amount of times. And in this case, this person inserted herself in something that was not an adequate comparison to, and it, and it was hurtful to me. It just, it felt dismissive and it was just, <laughs> I, it was hard for me to believe that somebody would compare their preference to not eat meat to my legitimate 
addiction. An additional reason I wanted to bring this to a mini-sode is because I think that whether it's directly or indirectly, it's beliefs like that that create even more shame and stigma for people who are struggling in their addiction or even people who are in recovery because it can point to it being a moral failing or, you know, you just need more discipline. Can't you just be more disciplined and just just have one? I mean, I just don't eat meat anymore. Like, it's just not, I don't dream about eating meat. I don't dream about eating a pork chop or a steak. Uh, anyway, it's not a moral failing. <laughs> I, I have had some moral failings in my life. <laughs> I have made some bad choices and I have been irresponsible. I've been irresponsible with money. I've been irresponsible with people's hearts. I've been irresponsible in my with my choices in my relationships. I've been even irresponsible as a parent. But when you have an active addiction, it is so much more than that. So anyway, I don't know if I'm doing an adequate job of explaining this or, or making my points. I hope that I am. And if nothing else, I was hoping to have some camaraderie for those of you who are in long-term recovery or even are thinking about quitting alcohol or whatever it is. And also for anyone who is still kind of struggling to understand what addiction looks like and feels like. I think also my last point is that we probably can all do a better job of listening to other people's experiences and just believing them for what they are. And if we might think that we have a comparison, that we have an adequate comparison, maybe not DM people about it. Maybe either keep it to ourselves or, um, and, and I think that sometimes it's worth having a conversation if you know that person. Like if this was my friend and they were like, help me understand this because I quit eating meat in 2012 and it feels like, is it, do you think it might be the same? Do you think it might be different? Like, I am happy to have a conversation with someone if they approach it in that way, instead of making statements like this person did. Anyway, moral of the story is maybe don't reply to interesting messages the day you start your period after you've skipped some periods. Um, that's my advice. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> And also, yeah, we're, I'm going to have another recovery theme coming up here. Um, let's see. I think at the very end of this year or maybe the beginning of 2023. And I'm going to have, I'm going to try to get on all different kinds of people in recovery from from different things and also some experts on it and and things like that. And so if you want to hear my recovery um, series that I did, I don't think I've done it since 2016. It's been a minute. If you go to andreaowen.com slash recovery, all of the episodes are there. You can probably just listen from there and figure out like which ones they are. And thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with me while I kind of break this down and and sort of think out loud and sort of process it, process it with you, my beloved audience, as, as they're called. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate that you choose to spend it with me and remember- it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans, whether that's 
in recovery or not, and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now. Hey, did you know there's free secret podcast episodes waiting for you that are not part of my regular podcast feed? Yes. AndreaOwen.com slash free. And you just sign up. You get a link sent to you. It's very secret. It's like a secret club. We don't have a secret handshake. Don't worry about that. But it's these motivating podcast episodes that I made for you. They're under 20 minutes each. There's three of them. They're for wherever you are in your life. So head on over there and grab them. They range from really supporting you and seeing you where you are and being compassionate all the way to giving you a giant kick in your ass and telling you how amazing and gorgeous and phenomenal you are. So andreaowen.com slash free and get your hands on that free podcast feed. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.